The first Rocky's absolutely at best the third best Rocky. The third Rocky is my second best Rocky. I I might put that as number one for me. The first Rocky is not in not in my top two. Not even close. I think Stu Gotts might have like Rocky three, four, and two all ahead of Rocky one. Rocky two to me is the most forgettable one. That's not wrong though. What was Rocky two about? I don't even remember. What's Rocky one about? It's about Rocky. Rocky one sets up Creed gives Stallone a chance, gives Rocky a chance. It's not taken seriously as a fight, and they set that up and then Rocky takes him the distance but loses and what I told the mean was I didn't go to Rocky and sign up for Rocky to see him fucking lose okay right so that's why it's number four and it might be it, listen it might be behind Rocky five to be honest with you but Tommy Gunn I don't want to see Rocky lose so Rocky two he avenges the loss with a win Rocky three he loses but that beats Clever Lang Rocky four Apollo gets killed and then Rocky takes Drago to the woodshed yeah absolutely also the win in Rocky two Kind of a fake win. He doesn't actually win that thing. He doesn't get to his feet and like his hands are steady and everything like you would normally check a boxer. He just sort of gets up a little bit and they say, you won. It's racism. <laughs> Why is it going to be about race, man? <laughs> <laughs> so I go Rocky 4-1, Rocky 3-2, Rocky 2-3, Rocky 4. You can skip Rocky Five and go straight to Creed from there. Oh, no. You don't like Rocky Six? Rocky Balboa? No. Nah. No. Oh, I love Rocky Six. You guys are wild. I love Rocky Six. Mason Dixon line. The Mason Dixon line. Get out of here. Mason Dixon line. I mean, I'm conditioned to love that, but you're <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> Creed Two is horrible. Creed Two is horrible. It, to me, it's the four Rockies and Creed, and that's it. I like Rocky Five, but I like the fake Rodney King in it. I can't stand Rocky. Or not Rodney King. What's the, what's the guy? What? Uh, Don King? Don King, yeah. Oh, my God. I just made him someone who was beaten by LAPD. (laughs) You did. Yes. (laughs) Terrible. We shouldn't be laughing. Racist. (laughs) You guys didn't like Rocky Balboa? No, it was terrible. Listen, I liked it. No, it was great. What are you talking about? The guy's name is Mason Dixon, and his nickname is The Line. What's not to like? That's what we're basing this off of. Scott Van Pelt was in it. Scott Van Pelt in a lot of movies. You should make every movie racist. Trust me. No, he t- he tries. I work with a man like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a mean. <laughs> you work yeah, it's a mean. mean. <laughs> of course, I was talking about a mean, right? It's like, of course, I. <laughs> it's a mean, right? The <laughs> double douche. Exactly. What you're not realizing is that all these movies are great movies. <laughs> That's true. To me, they are. Stugatz, you're the only ally I have here because I'm the only person on this podcast that actually likes movies and likes cinema. And so they get mad at me for liking all these movies. And I'm like, I'm sorry for enjoying entertainment. I'm sorry for <laughs> being a good audience member. And not just entertainment, entertainment where you don't have to think that much, okay? It's just like, exactly. you know what? There's a bar. I'm going to fucking go rough up everyone in that bar. I'm going to save the bar. And then I'm going to rip someone's fucking larynx out. That's the kind of movie <laughs> I'm talking about, man. That's all you need. And by the way, Amin phobed this movie. <laughs> he phobed it. Don't understand how he did that. It wasn't good enough for him. I don't know how that works. It was just too long. It's not too long. It's not long enough. I could not imagine spending three hours on something that I didn't like after (laughs) 10 minutes. You don't like it. You are a weird individual to keep watching 
What are you, nuts? You dedicated a week of your life to dislike something? Get a hobby, knit something, go for a walk. Previously on Cinephobe. How am I supposed to go back to the me before all of this pain? Excuse me, we're new in town and we've never had sex before. Would you give us a hand? I would have rather seen his cock. Out of way, Bobby! This episode in this movie exists. You bet your sweet ass I saw a lawnmower, man. Oh, Teddy. I'll call some guys from my neck of the woods. We're not talking, Brooke, about a couple of queens who know a few grapples. We're talking about Polacks that don't have a goddamn future. You have a stupid heart and a stupid brain. Regular Einstein. You think I'm a coward? You're wrong. I'm not a coward. You're the coward. I'm not a coward. I love cocaine. I do it all the time. I'm sorry, you guys. I don't mean fag like homosexual. I mean fag like retard. I got nukes shooting out of my dick right now. I've got so many nukes. Dick nukes. I mean, look at this buffet of ass. Mouth to dildo, dildo to ass, ass to ass. Hi, Brant. Anal bees. I'm the goddamn talent, Maze. Look, Gene, I've never told anyone this before. My head! But I can suck my own dick. And I do it a lot. 1038. This movie is shit. You don't know shit. Holy shit, bro. I had the same note, too. I swear to God, both of you guys are the biggest fucking liars in the world. Howdy, howdy, howdy. You should have saved this for the train. All right, au revoir, Lubin. Lisa, solid. Oh, I mean, why don't you just be like a regular person and dream about regular threesomes? Like cones. Give me some soul, kisses, oh. baby. Hey, beautiful. Like, oh. Dang. Oh. Oh. I can't indulge this comparison to a person that I may or may not know in a movie that has nothing to do with this podcast. That's some 20th century shit, bitch. We will tangle ass. Say hi to your mother for me. And you will lose. What's the end game? Okay, now everyone's dead. What is fucking Spence from Ballers? Who cares what the end game is? Garbage! I am Ralph. McCavity! <laughs> Welcome to a special addendum episode of Cinephobe, the podcast we break down movies you're afraid to admit you love. I'm Zach Harper. That's Amin Al Hassan. That's Anthony Mays. This is the addendum to Roadhouse, a movie that is universally loved except by critics and Amin, but we brought someone in to make up for Amin's putrid hatred for this movie, the one and only Stu Gatz of The Levitard Show with Stu Gatz, part of the Levitard and Friends Network. Stugatz, thank you so much for bringing some clarity and some expertise. I know that you called out this movie among about a dozen other movies that you want to do at some point on Cinephobe a long time ago when we did the Tango and Cash episode. It makes you a repeat offender of this podcast. I wish I knew how to quit you. But what does Roadhouse mean to you? It means everything to me. And I'm interested as to why Amin does not like the movie. I, I want to hear his thoughts on this because this is a classic action movie, right? But really what it is, is a love story. 
okay? And packaged around it is some of the best action you've ever seen in any movie in the history of movie making. But it's a classic love story, classic action movie. It's got all the elements. It's got Patrick Swayze. It's got a mentor. It's got a badass. It's got a villain. It's got a guy trying to save not just a bar, but an entire town. I mean, what is there not to like? I mean, honestly, it's a classic. First of all, it's too long. It's just too much stuff. It's not long enough. And then the other thing to me is what really bothers me is the same thing that bothered me about cocktail. The idea that there are these professions of which there are like hundreds of thousands of these people everywhere. But somehow we know we've identified there's a power ranking of the best bartenders and the best bouncers in the world. (laughs) And somehow Patrick Swayze isn't even number one. He's number two. Yeah. They went and got the number two guy on the power rankings. Well, there's a debate. That's actually the great thing. There's a debate about who's number one, right? Yes. No, I don't think it's there a debate. Two goats? Everyone's saying Dalton, and Dalton's the one saying, no, 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 no. It's it's Sam Elliott. He's the one. Well, no, I think what happens here, I mean, is you have Sam Elliott, who is Wade Garrett, who is getting up there in age, okay? And even though he's the best bouncer in the history of bouncers, even he, at some point, needs a little bit of help. His body's breaking down. Right. Plus, he needs to mentor someone because all the greats at anything need to mentor somebody at some point. And that's where Patrick Swayze comes in. He might be number two, but we all agree he finishes the movie as the best bouncer in the country. And the best bouncer in the country? Because Wade Garrett died. Well, that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. It seems like a note <laughs> you'd want to point out there, a detail. <laughs> but even, even if he's the second best, right? The second best bouncer in the country works in Jasper, Missouri. For a price. It's a traveling job. You go where the money is, Amin. No, but Amin forgets. Amin, this is much like Tango and Cash, where Ray Tango looks like he's a guy who could be your wealth manager, okay? Patrick Swayze has a PhD. (laughs) In philosophy. Yes, he has a PhD. He's from New York. They recruited him from the big city. Smart guy, good-looking guy, very calculated, very quiet guy. They recruited him from the big city, almost like a demotion, down to the minor leagues in Missouri, and he has to come and fix this bar along with Sam Elliott, man. He also has to lay low. Remember, he beat a murder charge in Memphis. Like, he's got to kind of go and lay low for a little while and build up, and the word of mouth gets around. So, yes, of course, everyone's going to want Dalton to fix their town and their bar. Stugatz, do you remember the first time you saw Roadhouse? I do remember the first time I saw Roadhouse. Manhasset Movie Theater, big tub of popcorn, perhaps a stroll right before the movie. (laughs) You can remove the perhaps. There was always a stroll before the movie. Um, Manhasset Movie Theater. So I wanted to see this movie so bad that Manhasset actually was playing in my town. It was so packed, the theater, that I traveled three towns over to Manhasset to go see the movie uh, at their movie theater. Uh, So I was on, uh, I wasn't on my home turf, but I do remember it because I traveled three towns to go see Patrick Swayze at Roadhouse. I had to see it that badly. I was so excited for it. The non-local movie theater, that used to be a thing, remember? Nowadays, people just go on Google and they see, okay, uh, starting at this time at this one, so we'll just drive over. We don't care. But there was a time in this in this country where you were like, it's not playing at my mo- local theater or it's sold out and I have to find an alternate kind of reality to go find another theater where it's playing. 
That was a big hassle. That wasn't a thing that people just did all the time. And you had to find out in the newspaper. In the yes. newspapers too, guys. Yes. You remember that? You yes. open the paper. You had to find first of all the ad for the movie you wanted to see. Where's Roadhouse? Where's Roadhouse? You finally see it. It's a big full page ad. And then you got to go through all the little locations and then the times. But I mean, we've talked about this before. They had a thing back when I was growing up called sports phone. You would actually pick up a telephone and you would call a number. And that's how you would get the scores from across the country. And it would cost you like 50 cents they had a movie phone as well yeah. so you can call mm-hmm. and see where the movie was playing uh it would cost you a quarter or 50 cents or whatever but you could find out all the theaters i didn't view it as a hassle i viewed it as like a little road trip to manhattan a couple of towns over like a 20 minute drive i viewed it like hey i really want to see this movie i'll go anywhere to go see it it was a much easier simpler time back then i mean like now if you god forbid got in your car and went more than a mile to a fucking movie theater people would laugh <laughs> at you man and, like the notion of you just going to a movie theater people would laugh at you so that's true i enjoyed it i enjoyed a little road trip with my movie like that show me how badly you want to see roadhouse and that's how badly i want <laughs> it's a great point i'm curious since you weren't on your home turf as you go to see that movie and you take a stroll is there any concern with not being on your home turf taking a stroll before the movie like are, are you paranoid in that situation or are you okay uh no i'm okay because i'm i'm pretty good with manhattan i know a lot of people there i mean port washington where i grew up was easy it was carlos pizza and right across from carlos pizza was the movie theater okay and right next to carlos pizza was lennon's pub so you go to carlos pizza you take a stroll in the back parking lot of Carlos Pizza, of and then you would walk across the street to the movie. Movie's over, another stroll right into Lennon's Pub. You get hammered till three in the morning. <laughs> it was a great time. <laughs> I didn't have that in Manhattan. I got to be honest with you, but I knew the I knew the movie theater well enough. I knew the town well enough where I did not feel paranoid at all with uh <laughs> with the taking of a stroll. No, I it's a very good question though. <laughs> So how did you know that you wanted to see this movie so bad? Were you in on Swayze at the time? Had you seen the trailer for it? It was a combination of Swayze and the trailer. Like anytime you could present me with a movie in which there is a guy who is trying to be the best at what it is that he does or she does. But more importantly, you have a mentor who is the best ever. Okay. You have a mentor teaching the young guy how to be better at what it is that you want to do. In this case, you have a guy who has a PhD who wanted to be a bouncer. And in order for him <laughs> to become the best bouncer in the world, he had to learn under the tutelage of Sam Elliott, okay? And so when you have those elements, you have a love story, you have a mentor, you have a young, you know, a young buck trying to learn the ropes and get better at what he does, and you have all that combined with violence and things blowing up, You've got me. And so then you put Patrick Swayze right in the middle of it, and he's living in some attic that looks nicer than my house. I mean, <laughs> isn't that weird? That was a nice loft. Oh, what a sex pad that was. I mean, oh, are, yeah. you, are you getting that place? All he did was have sex in that place. That's it. You know, the funny thing is, it's quite the upset. It's not the upset that there was an attic in a barn that was decorated that nicely, <laughs> it's that it's an attic in a barn. Owned by Cletus, who looked like, or whatever his name was, Emmett. Yeah, he's such a, a prospector, right? Like the guy goes to sleep in the red long johns. <laughs> yeah, he's an Airbnb host. He knew what he was doing. Little did we know, he was the original property brother. Exactly <laughs> right. And then they burned down his house just to get a Dalton, right? Just to try to get under Dalton's skin. I mean, it's got all the elements. Who would want to see that movie? Young, listen, young bouncer from New York 
traveling out to Missouri. Okay. Traveling. I mean, imagine this would be like, I don't know, Aaron Rodgers going to Green Bay. (laughs) 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 Like they take him away from like a big market. They convince him to go to Green Bay. They took Dalton away. It's like LeBron going to Cleveland. It's exactly, exactly. Right. But then he goes to listen and then he goes to Miami and he experiences the big time and yet still goes back to Cleveland uh, to finish the job. So you have a guy who's from New York, who is, let's be honest, for your bouncer, that's where you want to be. You don't want to be in Missouri. You want to be in New York. No way. But the job, but he needs to do this so badly for Sam Elliott and really for himself and to change the fortunes of his life that he is willing to ditch New York, the bar capital of the world, and go out to a sad, lonely bar, the Double Deuce, in Missouri and try to fix that place. And it's just uh, it's just a great movie, man. It really is. He really didn't fight too hard, by the way. The guy shows up to his club in New York, says, yo, I got a job for you. Right. And he tells him about it. It's in Jasper, Missouri. And there's no part of Dalton that says, no way, I'm not going all the way to Missouri. He just says, 5000 up front and $500 a day. Like, he just names right. his price. Yeah, but he's going <laughs> right. to be there for, like, a couple of weeks. Back then, that kind of money, that's great money for a couple of weeks. Are you kidding me? And he can walk away whenever he wants. He can show up whenever he wants. The guy says, when can I expect you? You don't. I'll get there. <laughs> that's amazing. And he shows up in the nicest car you've ever seen. Right. <laughs> so that's the trailer told us his name is Dalton. He has a degree in philosophy. He makes a lot of money. And they show him driving <laughs> off in a Benz. And I said, yeah. wait a second. How do you think he got that money? I mean, 5,000 up front and 500 a night. That, that doesn't sound like enough for someone who makes a lot of money. That was to get him to Missouri. I mean, keep in mind, this guy's been bouncing He's been a washer in New York forever. You know how much money those guys make? When you're a big-time bouncer at a big-time club in New York City, I mean, you make the kind of money that you could buy yourself a nice Mercedes-Benz. How much money? I have no idea, but I imagine it's a lot. Just people shoving hundreds in your pocket just so they can get into the club, right? Constantly. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Stugat, so I got a question for you because I did mention the trailer. The trailer, as I said, goes, his name is Dalton. Still not sure that this is a real trailer because I just spent (laughs) many hours searching the internet for this trailer and there's not this one. Really? Are you saying it doesn't (laughs) exist? I think Amin made this trailer up. I did not make it up. (laughs) I like that idea, though. Amin just making up trailers. (laughs) Is this the trailer they put on Stars? Yes. Uh, That doesn't mean it's the real trailer. No, that's not the Stars trailer. Then I tried to find it on Stars. Stars and it's not on Stars anymore as of October 1st. It's on Showtime now, yeah. No, but Zach is right. That's how Stars is selling it. I mean, that's how they get you know, they rub you in. But go ahead, just read that review. Let's let's hear it. His name is Dalton. He has a degree in philosophy, and they show him practicing Tai Chi. Of course. He makes a lot of money. They show yep, him driving the Benz. Mm-hmm. He's been shot at. And that's mm-hmm. when the dude shoots at the car and the car soars in the air and explodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's wrong with that? He's been stabbed. <laughs> and then that's when he's attacked yeah. by a guy with a knife and he's broken more than 30 bones. And that's when they show him <laughs> running out of the attic shirtless and he just keeps running. He's the best there is at what he does. And that's when they show him making out with Kelly Lynch against the wall. Yeah. Yeah. He's a cooler. And then they show the clip of him saying, somebody gets in your face, I want you to be nice. I want you to be nice until it's time to not be nice. (laughs) Patrick Swayze. Mm -hmm. Roadhouse. And I said to the guys on the pod, the 90s pretty much was the last moment we had the narrator in the trailer. Mm-hmm. We don't get the trailer narrator anymore. Sugats, where do you stand on trailer narrator? Do you like having someone 
tell you who the main character is and stuff about him and go watch this movie? Or do you like the trailers as they do now, where it's just scenes from the movie and you're supposed to get excited? Fan, my dog's getting excited because he loves this movie. Roadhouse is definitely in his top five as well. No, I like the narrator. I need to know. Like, I need to know that his name is Dalton. I need to know. Like, I don't want to guess, okay? I, I don't want to think, which is another reason I like this movie. I need to know he's Dalton. I need to know that he's a badass. I need to know that he's the best at what it, at what it is that he does. I need to know that he has a Mercedes. I need to know all of this stuff. And I prefer coming from a narrator's voice. I don't want to just see it. I need to hear it from a big bold voice uh but i love it there's so many great you know like when he walks into the bar and he's kind of observing he doesn't say much he's looking at who the good employees are who the bad uh-huh. employees are yeah he walks in and i think the guy's name is one of the bartenders i think his name is steve and he walks in and says steve your history because he's having sex with one of the employees <laughs> and he says but i'm on my break yes. and Dalton comes back and says stay on it i mean <laughs> If that doesn't give you fucking goosebumps, I mean, I don't know what will. It's one of the great quotes in movie-making history. It's unbelievable. On that scene, Stugatz, isn't it odd that the girl he's having sex with just kind of like hikes her dress up, right? (laughs) But Steve got completely naked in the break room to have (laughs) sex at work, which I that's, that's that's a weird decision right there. It's totally unnecessary. (laughs) (laughs) And that's not even what he fired him for. (laughs) I think he was one of the guys who was stealing money. He brought in underage girls is the main thing. Using a Sears credit card as an ID. (laughs) I also love the line where, you know, I think the first fight, he tells one of the guys, just take the biggest guy in the world, smash his knee in, and he'll drop like a stone. Like, it's that yeah. easy. <laughs> That's it, Stu Gatz. Has there ever been a bigger movie for kicking people in the knee? Ooh, Karate Kid. Oh, that's right. Was that, wasn't that sweeping the leg, though? That was more, like, below the knee. It's kind of the same thing. He kicked Daniel LaRusso in the knee. That's why he was injured. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, originally it was a kick to the knee followed by an elbow to the knee from Bobby, if you remember. Yes. Yeah, Bobby got him in an un- uncompromising position. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yes, and elbowed him unnecessarily in the knee. That's what got him. Put him in a body bag. I would say, yeah, get him a body. Roadhouse, Roadhouse, a karate kid in terms of punches mm-hmm. to the knee. It's a crucial element to any movie. You have to have that because you have to have them now overcoming <laughs> something or having an unstoppable way of breaking someone down, right? So for Dalton, it's just hit him in the knee and yes. you're good. You're good to go. Yes. I want to ask you, Stu, what's a more badass move in that movie is it him having (laughs) sex on that awning with kelly lynch like they've had sex now he's out there smoking naked on a blanket or something and she comes out there and they tease each other a little bit and then they have sex so is it that or is it him running off that awning when emmett's house is on fire like he doesn't even bother to go downstairs he just runs doesn't miss a stride like he's tom cruise just off that awning jumps and goes and gets him out of the house because i can't decide which move i respect more how high would you say that awning was oh because you're right. He just ran off it, hit the ground, and did not break stride. Just kept on running. It had to have been like eight feet, nine feet or something. Like, it's not too high, but it's high enough that you got you to gotta at least think about it. There was a truck with bales of hay conveniently parked right at the right spot. <laughs> so he had a nice smooth step down from the window to the awning to the truck. That was Emmett. Do you think he tells Emmett, like, hey, there may be a moment. I don't have time to go down the stairs. So I need you to park that truck here every single night before you go to bed so I can have my outs. 
Dalton's. Zach, of course, because Dalton has thought of everything. Okay? Just- He's like, hey, if I need to run <laughs> off this awning, there needs to be a truck with hay that prevents me from hitting the ground, but also allows me to hit the ground running. To answer your question, I would say the second one. To be able to run off an awning like that, eight feet, nine feet in the sky, right? And just keep momentum going, sticks the landing, and just keeps running. Um, it's totally unbelievable, yet believable at the exact same time because he's Dalton. Yeah. He's the best bouncer in the world. He beat Kelly Lynch to the house by a good 15 seconds. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's late. She's going down the stairs. She's going around the barn, opening the door, dilly-dallying, and Dalton's already pulling Emmett's long John lifeless body out of the burning house. You know what doors and stairs are to Dalton? They're a waste of time. That's mm-hmm. what they are. <laughs> They're a waste of time. Absolutely. Then you have this whole family, this whole evil family who's trying to take over the town and take over Dalton. And they're trying to hit him where it hurts. So they're bringing up his past and, you know, they're doing whatever they do to Emmett. And they're just trying to get under his skin. And Dalton's having nothing to do with it. He's like, okay, listen, I'm going to take all you motherfuckers out. All of you. And he does. Yeah. It's movie making at its finest. Man. Like, how, think about it. They made a movie about a bouncer entertaining. That's about a bouncer. <laughs> That's my thing. It's just like, it's, it, it is bouncer cocktail. Right. It is cocktail for bouncers. Yes. You say that like that's a denigrating comment. Disparagingly. Like that's a bad thing. You tell me I made cocktail, but it's about bouncers. I'm in. Sign me up. Take $20 from me. We're driving to Manhasset right now. Yes, let's go. But there was a formula, I mean, and why stray away from the formula? Because at the time, that's what was working. No, it was. You had it with Top Gun, where you had Tom Skerritt as the KG vet, and you had Tom Cruise as the guy who was trying to become... Stugatz likes mentors. I love mentors, yes. I've noticed this, Stugatz. You really like a movie with a mentor. He also literally said 20 minutes ago, you put someone with a mentor in there, he's in. So good job listening there. I mean, <laughs> Steve Martin was a prop comic. <laughs> I do love mentors. I mean, you know that. Like, I love a good mentor. There always needs. Like for me, I just I, I love the young, flashy. You know, whatever it is that they do, uh, being mentor. Whether it's a bartender, whether it's a cop, whether it's a bouncer. I don't give a shit. Just give me like a, give me an old, you know, the guy who used to be the best, who's trying to train the new guy to be the best, to be him. Uh, I love that. And listen, some people will say Sam Elliott, you know, Tombstone, maybe that was his best role. It was a great movie. This is his finest hour. I mean, this is Sam Elliott's finest fucking hour. He deserved an Oscar. I mean, to be quite honest. Agreed. Agreed. Stu, I haven't been this turned on by a guy in a movie since <laughs> Carl Weathers and Action Jackson. Like, that's like the last Fantastic. time where someone stepped on the screen and I thought, oh my God, like, yes. what are these feelings inside me? But when Sam Elliott gets on that screen <laughs> in Roadhouse, yes. there were some there were some things stirring I didn't know could stir. Totally with you. I felt the same thing. So yes, I did. Oh my God. <laughs> but here's the other thing. Casting to me is, is usually important, right? Like casting and then the names of the characters also equally as important. They nailed the casting on this. Like Swayze at the time was perfect for this role. He was ripped. He was jacked. He was the best looking guy in the world. And Sam Elliott, and his name was James Dalton. You just called him Dalton. Like that is perfect right there. And then with Sam Elliott, it was perfect casting. And his name was Wayne Garrett. I mean, if you're the cagey vet, you know, bouncer out in Missouri, you have to be named Wayne Garrett. And if you're the young kid coming from New York, you have to be named Dalton. Like all of it, they nailed it. I mean, you don't give them enough credit for for the work they did on the front end of this movie. (laughs) 
<laughs> I would add Brad Wesley as the bad guy, Ben Gazzara. Yeah, fantastic. Amazing. As a rich bad guy, as a rich bad guy. We need to talk about Brad Wesley, Stu, because this guy has given off some serious Stu Gotts vibes. <laughs> Go explain. When he's driving around, he's just, just swerving on the two-lane road, singing to Shaboom. You throw Grateful Dead in there instead of whatever he's listening to, and it's stew all over the place <laughs> that's you coming into work every morning is it ben gazara who played that <laughs> yeah ben gazara ben gazara also his finest hour his finest oh, role. for sure yeah <laughs> that guy hasn't been in great movies <laughs> before we get to his actual finest hour in this movie i just want to say one thing about sam elliott my favorite part about this movie stugatz is how he first when he first gets to jasper he gets to the bar and it's patrick swayze he's getting absolutely beaten up by the thugs he comes out and he's real nonchalant he looks around and the guy the thug yells at him and says hey you gonna fight or what and he looks at it and says well i'm not gonna show you my dick and then punches <laughs> that is the coolest entrance for a savior ever like even though yeah i know dalton you're getting killed over here but i gotta do my shtick first before before i get into this fight <laughs> and you have dalton like he's He's clearly impressed with Dalton. He's also concerned, right? Like, oh shit, this guy's gonna kill me, right? I'm gonna have to pull out all the stops. I love, I love watching him observe Dalton just kick everyone's ass, thinking, hey, I've got a major problem on my hands. It's such a good movie, man. I love it. So Ben Gazzara's best role part in this role, uh, as Brad Wesley, is of course when he calls up Dalton, lets him know, hey. Do you want to save your best friend or do you want to save your girlfriend? You know what? Coin toss. <laughs> Coin toss. <laughs> and then Stugatz. He makes a really big production out of finding this coin. I mean, he's lifting his hips. He's digging deep in his pocket. He comes out with the coin, flips it, tosses it, puts it on his hand, and looks surprised by the outcome. <laughs> First off, I mean... Whenever you do a coin toss, it has to be the exact right coin, okay? It can't just, especially when you're talking about people's lives, okay? Mm. You don't just flip a quarter <laughs> or a dime or a nickel. You don't take these things willy-nilly. You get the exact right coin, and you have to dig deep to find it, you dig deep to find it, and you flip that coin. The surprise look that he had on his face, he knew it was going to land on either heads or tails. <laughs> <laughs> There's a 50-50 shot. He was killing one of those two people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Wasn't expecting this out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, shit, I guess it's the old guy. I don't oh, know. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> well, he doesn't, but he doesn't tell him. The best yeah, part then is he like, gets on the phone. He says, wish I could tell you what the outcome was. Click, right. click. Yeah, I know. But how can you be surprised <laughs> by an outcome when you're doing it via coin toss? <laughs> okay. This is like, it's not like you're surprised. Like you have... There's two outcomes, okay? He's going to flip a coin, right? This is not like the NBA Finals where it's, you know, it's Golden State versus the Cavaliers, and you flip a coin for it, and you're like, oh, my God. That's one. I mean. <laughs> the look of surprise on his face was he flipped the coin, Cavs or Warriors, looked at the coin, holy shit, the Raptors are going to win it. <laughs> That's a surprise he looked. <laughs> None of the options is what I flipped. <laughs> I'm wondering, too, because he has a history with Kelly Lynch, right? He has a history with Doc oh, yeah. in this movie. Had it landed on her, 
does he go best two out of three? It's a good point. Or does he just live with it, right? Or was it was it always going to be Wade Garrett? Like I don't know. Do we take his word for it? No, I think he was prepared to do whatever he had to do, even if it was even if it was killing uh, Kelly Lynch. Like I think he was prepared. What was the relationship? She was part of his family somehow, correct? They had been together. He was married to her. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah. She yeah. left town. Right, right, right. He's still broken up about it. Didn't help things when she falls for Dalton, his new nemesis. Secretly, she probably wa- he probably wanted to kill Kelly Lynch, right? Like, he was going to flip that <laughs> thing until, until it was Kelly Lynch. <laughs> yeah, if he can't have her, nobody can. Right. Stu, there's a point in this movie where Brad Wesley is trying to bargain with uh with dalton and says this town's big enough for both of us which you never hear you always hear this town's not big enough for the both of us but he flips it that's conceding by the way that's a concession (laughs) brad wesley doesn't negotiate with anybody man no at all and i've got to say i i think dalton made the right call by not believing him there's no way he could have trusted that that deal at any point what he called his bluff by calling his bluff yes, yes he had no to. no there was only room in that town for one person and that's it and he knew that uh he knew wesley was lying and why wouldn't he know that brad wesley was lying the guy's a criminal <laughs> <laughs> that's what he is and he wanted that town to himself and swayze's like you're not getting this town to yourself this town is my town now and he and he took care of business there wasn't there wasn't enough room in that town for two people certainly not two people people who had those kind of egos like i'm not certain which guy had a bigger ego was it swayze oh i would say it has to be brad wesley because there is a point and maybe it's just this fake humble from from dalton but where he's like no garrett's the best at this not me like i i don't know that i ever truly bought that from him there's definitely a respect there brad wesley's not saying there's a better businessman than me because there's even a point the first note i have that mentions you in my notes where I'm saying there's some Stu Gotts vibes here is when he's like, I brought ball. I brought Seven Eleven, I brought the photo mat here. JC Penny's coming here because of me. <laughs> Ask anybody. They'll tell you. And I wrote Stu Gotts vibes right here. You've gotten rich off of the people in this town. <laughs> <laughs> you bet your ass I have. And I'm going to get richer. <laughs> it's here's my resume of all the things I've done. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> For this town. I built this town, motherfucker. <laughs> I built 790. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I came here after Korea, there was nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what this place was like when I got here? <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. He brought 7-Eleven. He brought J.C. Penney. Yeah. He didn't bring State Farm because not a single business in town has insurance. Mm -mm. Everybody's uninsured. And every time the question of insurance comes up, they get real cagey. Like, ah, no no one has a straight answer. So you got the auto parts store blows up. You've got uh, the the monster truck crashing through the Ford dealership. Mm -hmm. You've got Emmett's farm being destroyed. Right. And none of these people have insurance. And I'm just thinking, well, how are you in business? Oh, the double deuce got shot up. They don't have insurance either. What what are they doing? Isn't that a requirement to have insurance for these? Maybe Brad Wesley doesn't allow insurance in that town if he's if he runs the town. Right. No, he does not allow insurance in that town. He never imagined that a bouncer would leave New York City and come out to Missouri. (laughs) And and this nice little and this nice little scenario he has out in the middle of Missouri. He never imagined. I mean, it, it like never think about that. I mean, 
you're rolling along. You built this town. You got all this money. The king of the town. No one's going to F with you. There's no need for any business to have insurance because you own all the businesses. You probably are the insurance company. And so he never imagined that someone like Patrick Swayze, like Dalton, would come up, would come out there and wreck this perfect life that he had. So <laughs> what was the need for insurance at the time? Honestly, he was the insurance company. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he owned everything. I mean, if you look at that, like he doesn't allow insurance there because when he threatens to tear down your business, there's no way of saving it. There's no money back. Like you have to bend to his will. You pay him his cut or he destroys your place. And if you do pay him, that's your insurance right there. Exactly. There right. He is state form. I mean, that's what we're exactly. trying to tell you. Do you, guys, do you miss, do you miss monster trucks? Um, <laughs> God, so many of my favorite movies have had monster trucks. <laughs> Monster Truck Month coming up on Cinefo. <laughs> Tango and Cash, this one. I believe there's one in Cobra. <laughs> I do. Yes, to answer your question, I miss Monster Trucks. Yes, I do. Were you surprised that the guy driving the monster truck in Roadhouse did not look like a monster truck guy? He looked more like a white-collar dude. You know, he had his polo tucked into his slacks. I was kind of shocked that this is the guy driving the monster truck and not someone with like a trucker hat listen i think this group in missouri took themselves like they, they were very corporate i mean he should have been wearing like some sort of hat and probably appropriate clothing to ride to drive a monster truck but they were all business keep in mind okay they were all business and again they never imagined i'm guessing that monster truck was bought as a toy they never imagined they would have to use it as some sort of weapon, you know? <laughs> well, yeah. And, and Stu, there's a point where they're like doing like some like some recon. They're spying on Dalton at the Double Deuce, but they're they're doing it in the monster truck. Like that's not an inconspicuous vehicle. You can't hide. <laughs> it's not like they're in some unmarked Buick outside in the parking lot. Like they're in a monster truck just watching these guys. And I got to feel like. As horny as you might be for Kelly Lynch, you walk out there like, what the fuck's that monster truck doing there? Like, that's <laughs> the rare stakeout in a monster truck. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I think it's the only movie where there's a stakeout in a monster truck. But again, I think you guys are underestimating the plot of this movie. No one was prepared for Dalton to come out <laughs> to the middle of Missouri to save a place called the Double Deuce. I mean, that's true. Yeah. That's part of the beauty of it, where this guy just kind of strolled into town and took everyone by surprise. They were never threatened. They never felt threatened. It was them versus Sam Elliott, who was 94 <laughs> years old at the fucking time. And that's why he recruited Patrick Swayze to come out there. Well, not him, the owner. Yeah, Tillman. And what an easy negotiation. I mean, Swayze, you could have asked for any. Name your price. I mean, what was it again? 5000 up front? 500 a night. And all medical expenses. Once again, no insurance. No insurance. <laughs> no insurance, right. But how high do you think Dalton could have taken that? Like, the guy would have said yes to anything, right? Well, uh, I'll say this. The guy, he didn't push back. He clearly wasn't happy with that price. When Dalton says the price, you could see his face drop. and He winces. And it's yeah. like, okay, I think we can do that. Uh, so I don't know how much higher he could have pushed it, which, again, brings me back to Dalton. What a great, like, pricing strategist. He knew exactly where the limit was. He didn't go too high <laughs> where the guy's like, to hell with this. I'm going to go see what Wade Garrett's doing. Because he's the best. Because he knows. He owns the market. Yeah. It's just so great. Of course, he gets the hottest girl in town. And she's a doctor. Look at those glasses. She makes more than he does. Dr. Vagina. 
<laughs> what, what, what happened? <laughs> Say Dr. Vagina? Dr. Vagina was my, what I called her when she introduced me. So, hello, I'm Dr. Vagina. Like, that's all I'm here for. <laughs> By the way, Sam Elliott, how great is this? Because you know this would not fly now when he's talking about, uh, he's talking about Lynch and, uh, he says that girl's got entirely too many brains to have an ass like that. Right. Yeah. yeah that's, that's not, you're not getting away with that today. Good luck putting that in a movie today. Stugatz, he says it while leaning all the way his head out into the aisle and staring at her as she disappears over the sunset. Here's my question, too. Let's say that Sam Elliott pulls that off, right? Where he actually gets her interested in him. And now she's like, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to fuck it. this old guy. He, well, he sort of did. He kind of soft played it. He didn't really, he didn't go all in on this. He was testing the waters. Actually, He's right, testing yeah. the waters. Does Dalton step up and like try to get in between that? Or is Dalton afraid of, of Garrett to stop that? He runs away to Jamaica. Yeah. <laughs> Starts a bar on the beach. <laughs> But I don't think he's afraid. I think it would be out of respect, right? Like right, Dalton's yeah. not afraid of anyone. I think it would be a respect thing where, hey, the old man wants her. The old man, you know, I can get anyone. Okay, so right. it's like, <laughs> but I'm pretty certain Sam Elliott could have gotten anyone as well. Um, I, to, to answer your question, Zach, I think he kills Sam Elliott. I do. <laughs> he rip. He rips his throat out. Yes, he really fell in love. You have to like they, the did, two yeah. of them. Like yes, yes. That's why it's a classic love story. It, <laughs> it is a classic love. story. Story between With a monsters. doctor and a bouncer and a monster truck spine on <laughs> an evil family. <laughs> what a fucking dumb movie. <laughs> what was it? Kelly Lynch and cocktail as well. Yeah. yeah. Coglin's wife. Coglin's Law. Yeah, Jeff Healy is Cody, like the blind singer in the bar who he becomes friends with. Oh, my God. Oh, this yeah. guy. <laughs> What's the matter? Th this guy. What? I mean, what do you mean this guy? And by the way, Terry Funk was in it. We leave that out. I mean, Terry Funk. <laughs> wrestler. 80s wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what was the problem with that guy? Oh, all he does, uh, he uh, his whole, first of all. Are you kidding me? When he, when he said, the name's Dalton. Right into the microphone. Goosebumps. How does he know? He knows. They're boys. He just hears people get their ass beat and he just assumes it's Dalton? No, because the guy, the, one of the band members, like, leans in behind him and whispers something to his ear. Like, hey, I think, he like, probably says, like, Dalton's here. The name's Dalton. Yes. He's, like, a narrator for the movie. He's sitting there. He's, like, doing exposition for us. You need a guy like that. I mean, he knows the town. He knows the situation. He knows everything. He knows everybody. I love, I love that he's blind and that's Dalton. Like, that, to me, it's perfect. It reminds me, like, Die Hard, when Holly is like, oh, John. I must still be alive. Yeah, <laughs> only, only, one one, only one person can get someone that angry. <laughs> Dalton, by the way, is lives in New York, is this big time, big shot bouncer, travels to Jasper, Missouri, and instantly knows the lead singer of the, the band at the bar. I mean, I think you're overlooking the fact that Dalton and Wade have both spent a lot of time in a lot of shitty bars across the country. Yes. As has the blind singer. They know each other from the circuit. They go to the places where everybody sweeps up the eyeballs at night. It's a whole network of shitty bars. Excellent. Yes. He's a literal barnstormer. He is the only one who has seen Dalton's work. Well, he hasn't seen it, but he's the only one who's experienced <laughs> Dalton's work before. <laughs> He's heard about it. He's heard a lot about it. <laughs> He's heard the sound of a man <laughs> snapping someone's ACLs by 
kicking them in the knee repeatedly. He would hear, he would recognize that sound anywhere. <laughs> you don't confuse that snap. You know what that is. Absolutely. He knows the legend of Dalton. I mean, <laughs> and that's a crucial element. That was such a fantastic breakdown because you're right. This is not their first rodeo. No. I mean, these guys have been at bars all across America, and so is Jeff Healy. He's been performing there. He's killed a man in Memphis. That's right. Sam Elliott got hit in the head with the Jack Daniels bottle in Albuquerque, all right? Like, this isn't their first time. They've been around. You're tying it all together, man. <laughs> so, Stu, last time you were on for Tango and Cash, we talked about the, some of the alternate casting. Through this movie, we have a little bit more light we can shed, which is that Due to a knee injury Patrick Swayze sustained during the filming of Roadhouse, mm-hmm. he turned down the roles of Gabriel Cash in Tango and Cash Good. and Mike Harrigan in Predator 2 in order to make the movie Ghosts. Hmm. Do you stand by that decision and the way that everything worked out there? Predator 2, I don't care about. Tango and Cash was perfectly casted. Swayze would have ruined that movie. Wait, Swayze would have ruined it? He's not as good as Kurt Russell in that movie. Come on. Yeah, he's not a... T- dope like that you have to be a, a bit dopey to be kurt russell in that movie you know it's true and then he did ghost and ghost even though i think roadhouse is probably his finest moment patrick swayze you might say ghost was a huge success it was a massive so massive roadhouse. box office success way more than roadhouse or tango and cash were when you think of patrick swayze is, is ghost the first role you think of is it that is it the outsiders for me it's point break oh yeah it's point break Bodie. which comes afterwards and it's not necessarily a given that he gets point break without ghost well yeah because he healed up you would say after point break it's probably ghost right for most people dirty dancing maybe dirty dancing dirty dancing for me it's point break then roadhouse but yeah i think most people would throw dirty dancing and ghosts in there so ghost is in the conversation like patrick swayze yeah. uh movie association yeah the ghost is one of those three movies that probably comes up no way if you chooses tango and cash would that be the case um and certainly not predator too so demi moore ghost you when you consider the injury from roadhouse um i think that's that's yeah that was good decision making by patrick swayze there in fact perfect decision making yeah sugat's kelly lynch's role was originally cast for annette benning no <laughs> can you imagine roadhouse with annette no. benning as dr vagina no, because uh, Annette Bening was perfect in The American President. In Roadhouse, she, she's not meant to be a badass's wife or a badass's girlfriend. She's meant to be the president's girlfriend. <laughs> so, she could be a doctor. She, she's got doctor vibes. I think that's the thing. When you take Annette Bening out, you make Kelly Lynch not a doctor. Mm. You make her have some other sort of job. Like Annette Benning. But then I, how do they meet? Uh, I guess that's a good point. It's got to be a doctor. But they got it right with Kelly Lynch, didn't they? I mean, you can't. It's hard to do this, right? Like, I don't know. Like, when I think of the movie, we've already seen the movie. So we know the finished product. And I sat here and I and, and I told you earlier, like, the casting was perfect. The naming of the characters was perfect. And so naturally, I'm going to side with what they did and not any alternative. Uh, like, I just can't imagine that movie with Annette Benning in it. And perhaps I'm doing like perhaps what I'm seeing is the Annette Benning that was Michael Douglas's girlfriend in American President. And I can't I just can't see her. I can't see her doing that. And then also being right. some, some bouncer schmuck in Missouri's girlfriend. I just can't do it. Now, let me throw this at you. I don't think this was a part of the casting decisions. But if I throw Gina Gershon in there instead of Kelly Lynch, 
Is that too sexy of a movie? Because to me, I, 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 yeah, I think I wouldn't be able to concentrate on anything happening if it's Sam Elliott, Patrick Swayze, and Gina Gershon in a movie together. I think they nailed it because you have to have, there has to be a Midwest vibe and there is the Kelly Lynch. Good call. Like, yep. yep. Right? Yep. There has to be like this Midwest vibe to it. And mm-hmm. she she has to be pretty, but not smoking hot, right? And I, so I think they, like Kelly Lynch, they nailed it. Like I think, no, I think that's perfect. No, she's too hot. Gina has no Midwest in her at all. Yeah, no, that's a good call. You need, you need you needed Midwest. You need that look. You need those values, right? Yeah, and, right. Yeah, Gina Gershon does not have Midwest values in any <laughs> in anything she's done at all. I don't even I'll know who she that. is. <laughs> <laughs> she's in Cocktail. She's uh, the yes. photographer oh, in Cocktail. Yes. Yeah, yes, yes. And she's yes. in uh, Showgirls. She's a repeat offender on this show. Oh, we love Gina Gershon. I am actually shocked. Um, that's the first I'm hearing of this. The Patrick Swayze decision to do Ghost and why he had to do Ghost. I was not aware of that. Out of necessity. In that epic fight with Jimmy down by the river, they are really beating the crap out of each other. They are going full bore. He hits him with a a log at one point that was a real log, and Patrick Swayze wasn't aware of that, and it showed because that was an amazing climactic fight. Didn't they not like each other? Isn't that in the trivia? Like they 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 didn't like each other at first. They didn't like each other, and then they shot a scene that took like seventy two hours to do. Right, and that's how they bonded, mm. respected each other's fighting. But yeah, ability. we really haven't talked about that scene, Stugatz. The the scene where Jimmy dies at the hands of Dalton and literally Dr. Vagina is shocked. And at first Dalton runs him down on a motor, like he runs down a yeah. motorbike, right? Like, a, of, like Well, of course he does. Right. He's Dalton. I mean, greatest bouncer ever. Jimmy has just right. got done firebombing Emmett's farm. By yeah. the way, none of this has anything to do with bouncing <laughs> at all. At all. <laughs> That's the thing. I mean, it's in one of the reviews, but Stu, like, there's a lot of explosions for a movie about bar fights. Like, it's just, you know. Here's the funny thing about that scene, I mean. Like, when you think about, you remember Indiana Jones where it's like you brought a knife to a gunfight? Yeah, yeah. They actually brought a gun to the fight, okay? He pulled out a shotgun, and Dalton's like, oh, really? It's like someone should have said, hey, you brought your hands to a gunfight, but that's all Dalton <laughs> needed. He All he needs is his hands, right? So they pull out a shotgun. The gun was a liability at that point. The gun got in the way, correct. Yes, it got in the way. They pull out a 12-gauge shotgun. He pulls out his right hand, and then he rips out his larynx. I mean, it's all very believable. I, mean. I guess I didn't see that coming. Like, I thought he was going to punch him in the face, and then the guy would just, even if he died from a punch in the face, but ripping out the larynx just seemed like an escalation that wasn't, wasn't expected in that moment. No, they set it up. They teased it. Yeah, they set it up early. Yeah, they said he did it, you know, somewhere else. Yeah, exactly right. That's what he did Memphis? Yeah. That's the Memphis story. So he, they brought it full circle there, I mean. I don't think anyone ever beats a murder case where they ripped the dude's throat out. The woman didn't say that she's married. Self-defense case. I mean. <laughs> Guy comes at you with a gun, you pull out your deadly right hand, and you rip the dude's throat out. It's I'm also pretty, pretty certain, I mean, that no bouncer from New York has ever gone to the double deuce in Missouri <laughs> to save a town and rip someone's fucking larynx out. Like... <laughs> About I'm not sure that that's realistic or accurate. <laughs> Zach brings up a good point. That uh, the way uh, Wade Garrett like makes him feel better is by saying she never told you she was married. <laughs> right? <laughs> He's feeling guilt about 
ripping a guy's lyrics out. He never said, she never said she was married. He was like, yeah, that's a good point. That's what a KG vet does. I mean, <laughs> he's, he's always there for the young guy. Man. All right, Stu, what is your, what's your favorite moment of the movie? What's your golden dumpster for Roadhouse? So many good moments. Him running off the awning is going to be tough to beat for me. <laughs> There's the monster truck ripping through the car dealership. Nah. There's the whole fight down by the river, including I used to fuck guys like you in prison. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't mention that line yet. That was, uh, <laughs> that was great. I mean, the fight scene is the staple scene, right? That's like the go-to scene for that movie. I would say, man, there's so many good scenes. I would say him running off the awning. Like, it's just, it's perfect. It's perfect to be able to run off a nine-foot awning, um, stick the landing, and keep the same pace going. Um, speaks to just, like, what level. Like, Dalton was playing at a different level than everyone else. Right. And, um, and I think that spoke to it more than just about any scene. Um, I'm trying to think if there's another scene. I mean, that first scene where he's just kind of standing there, first time in the bar. Yeah, where he's observing everything. Mm -hmm. It's, to me, like... I get goosebumps till this day thinking about it. Like he is size, he is sizing up everyone. Yeah. And without saying a word, like all of a sudden, like listen, there's this guy there. And of course, the moment he's there surveying the bar, someone is stealing cash from the register. Like, and Dalton doesn't miss any of it. They've missed it for 30 years at the double date. <laughs> but Dalton walks in in four minutes. He sees everything that <laughs> that everyone's doing. That's not right. And he sizes up. Inside of five minutes, who are the good employees? Who are the bad employees? Which ones do I have to get rid of? Like, listen, he, he's the Jedi of fucking bouncers. <laughs> he's not only sizing it up, he's got a little smile on his face. He's amused. Of course, yes. He's amused that these guys are doing this. I'm going to fire him. I'm going to fire him. I'm going to fire him. I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. I'm going to bang her. I'm gonna... <laughs> and when, and when, Terry, when Terry Funk says, if you don't order a drink, you get kicked out, he's got coffee. <laughs> like he just orders a coffee, right? Black. Like it's yeah. yeah, coffee black, yeah. What's not to like? I mean, <laughs> it's the origin of ocular pat down, right there. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> He's way more observant than Jason Bourne. Like Jason Bourne's pretty good at that. Right. Dalton's the best, but they're all the same character, right? Yeah. Dalton is is Tom Cruise in Top Gun, right? He's, yeah. He's Keanu Reeves and John Wick. Like right. he's a, he's everybody. Yeah. They're all the same character, and I will never, ever, ever, ever grow tired of that character and that kind of movie ever. Especially if there's a mentor. There has to be a mentor. If there's no mentor, there's no me. I mean, that's <laughs> All right, Stu, I think I know where you're going with this, but are you with Maze and I on uh, on on it being a file or are you phobing it like Amin did? Oh, no, it's a file, man. <laughs> are you kidding me? I mean, you have a chance to to like Wow. You can have a redo on this. Are we we're offering him a second chance I'm on, here? Cuz he's so wrong on this. Like I'm willing to How could three people be so passionate about a movie and on the same page about a movie? Listen, I'm not like, and I mean, you don't have to think that much during it. Like it's, mm -hmm. you know, what's going to happen. Here's the sign of a good movie. I mean, you know exactly what's going to happen. And yet somehow you're still fucking shocked by it. Okay. I mean, it's, that's, that's movie making. <laughs> I did. That's At its finest. <laughs> At its finest. Yep. Like, you know, what's going to happen be before you even walk into the theater, you know, what's going to happen to me. It made me think, though. That's the problem. I was thinking the whole time, like, why? Why is this happening? <laughs> Who are these people? Why is that tall guy dancing like that? 
by the pool at Brad Wesley's oh, house. Oh, I love that guy. Why does Brad Wesley <laughs> grab his cheek and kind of just give him a little, oh, and, he act, and he's like, this guy's so cute. And then he acts cute. Like the tall guy just acts cute. And when they're beating up Dalton in the back by the truck with the liquor and he he's letting them beat, he's just smashing boxes of liquor, just smashing liquor. it. On the floor. It's like his little toy. They're all little puppets in his game. I mean, that's all they are, right? He doesn't care about any of them. He doesn't care about anyone or anything. They're all just pawns in his game to own that town. Why was Brad Wesley weaving across the road? Like, why? we never talked about that. Because he owns, owns it. the town. Because yes. he's Brad Wesley. He's the judge and the jury and the insurance company. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You what, you think he's going to confine himself to one lane? No, that's his road. <laughs> Correct. Brad Wesley parks sideways. Right. Yeah. Slot parking. He doesn't care. The only one that can pull Brad Wesley over for drinking and driving is Brad Wesley. I exactly. Mean, <laughs> what, what does he care? And he's a cop on the take. So he's right. on the take for himself. <laughs> and that's where Swayze comes in. <laughs> exactly. The only guy that can stop him is Dalton. That's it. Right. Not a cop. <laughs> no, not a cop. Nobody. At one point, a dude says, I can bring in a friend from the FBI. And he's like, no one's going to believe. It. Like, no one's going to testify against him. Like, All right, I guess the FBI is out. The end of the movie. That was the last thing. Sugats, they murder this dude, right? Everyone shoots him from all the, all the townsfolk shoot him, right? It wasn't Dalton that actually kills Brad Wesley. Mm -hmm. So his body's laying there. It's riddled with shotgun shells and bullets. It fell into a glass coffee table. The cops walk in. And they say, what happened here? And everyone said, I don't know. I didn't see what happened. And they all go home. Right. But that's the point because everyone got what they wanted. Secretly, they all wanted him to go away. Naturally, he was an asshole. I mean, even the cops, <laughs> even the cops. Are you kidding me? Even the cops. He, he controlled the cops. He controlled yeah. everything. So now they finally had freedom. So secretly, you know, they were not even secretly. They were smiling. They were happy. They let Tinker break the, the ice with, like, polar bear fell on me. And that's the last line in the movie, and everyone just laughs. I mean, they spent their whole lives praying, wishing someone would come and save them and save this town. And who did it? <laughs> Dalton from New York exactly. City in a Mercedes Benz. I mean, with a, with a PhD in philosophy. Of course. I mean, come on. <laughs> from NYU. From NYU. I mean, you weren't in Jasper, Missouri prior to the war okay you weren't there you don't know what it was like before brad wesley came in and brought <laughs> jc penny and the photo mat and everything was it a happier time before they had a 7-eleven it was a happier simpler time yes it was a simpler time listen they didn't mm -hmm. have all the amenities that they had once brad wesley got there right he built that town i mean he owned that town but i but trust me and zach when we tell you they like that version of the town better than Brad Wesley's version of the town. Absolutely. Okay? And now they got Dalton's version of the town, and that's the best, okay? Because Dalton's going to be fair, and everyone's going to have their fair, you know? Everyone's going to have a shot to live the American dream with Dalton running that place. Does he stay? Of I course. He, he Kelly Lynch works at the hospital there. They got hospitals in other towns. Not like Jasper. They don't have a double deuce in, you know, anywhere else. Right. Probably owns that thing by now. I mean, I mean, why wouldn't you stay? I mean, simpler place, middle America. You now own the town. I mean, you got rid of the guy who owned the town. I mean, you're a legend. Mm -hmm. You now mm -hmm. own the town. <laughs> you do. <laughs> you're a nicer version of the guy who owned it before you. I mean, <laughs> Stu, did you know that there was a, a Roadhouse 2? No, no. Some movies were not made to have a sequel. This was one of them. Yeah, this came out in 2006, straight to video, which is a shocker. It's called Roadhouse 2, Last Call. 
And the main character is Shane Tanner, a DEA agent who's deep undercover in New York and is the son of a legendary cooler named Dalton. Oh, God. I mean, it's probably something I should have probably watched. Maybe I'd probably like it. In fact, I'm going to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it let you know, it takes place in Tyree, Louisiana. Right. Because there's a guy that doesn't want to sell the, a bar called the Black Pelican. Got it. So, because the, yeah. the next the next step is always the sun, right? It's like Rocky, mm-hmm. it's Apollo, yep. and then it's Creed, and <laughs> it's Apollo's son, and... Like that's always the next step. Was like, does the son take take the baton from from dad? Right, 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 <laughs> and follow, exactly. And follow in his footsteps. Uh, with that said, there are just some movies that are done so perfectly the first time that there is no need. Like you, t- you took that one step too far. There, Caddyshack was fine. You didn't need a Caddyshack too. There was no need. I don't give a fuck what time was eight <laughs> years later. <laughs> Showgirls, <laughs> Showgirls. We didn't know what was it. Uh, pennies from heaven. Pennies from was heaven. It? Yeah. Stu, I got one last question for you here. Yeah. Does pain hurt? Oh, that's a great. Oh, that's the best quote from the movie. Does pain hurt? It was a simple response. Does pain hurt? No, pain doesn't hurt. How does pain not hurt? Explain that to me. It doesn't make any sense. (laughs) There's not a lot of logic to it. Unless you're Dalton. It's a state of mind. When you you study philosophy for a long time, you learn that actually pain doesn't hurt. Yes, he has applied all of life's lessons, okay, into the art of being a bouncer. I mean, there's he has taken everything he has learned from Sam Elliott, from philosophy, from all walks of life, and he's applied it to be the best he could be at his job. He's a hero. He's a true American hero. He really is. There it is. I mean, have we turned you? What do you guys think? Have we turned him <laughs> in? Yeah. He's literally turned away right now. Yeah, he is. So. It's yeah. uncomfortable the way it means like I don't like it. Yeah. It makes like, me think something else is happening. Is I don't something like it. right? What is going on there? It's, it seems like the scene. I mean, might be doing something, you know, along the lines of what what Dalton walked in on when he fired Steve. I mean, yeah, you are a Steve away from recreating that scene right now. I need. To, I need to. a fully naked Steve. Oh, no, a fully clothed Steve. Yeah. <laughs> I like to get comfortable. <laughs> That's what it is. I just want to say, Amin's back has been hurting for a while, Stu, and I told him get acupuncture, and instead he went to like a heroin den that isn't an acupuncturist, said that it doesn't work. What a waste of time. Went to a doctor instead, got an epidural, and said, I'm fixed. Yeah. Three days later, he's completely collapsed over a couch here. Oh, wow. Well, I just can't sit down. That's the problem. I'm okay everything else. But if I have to sit down. It's a good thing you're in sports media then where we never sit down. The yeah. epidural's on me. I told the mean to go get one of those things because my back acted up like seven years ago. I got the big shot. I stared at that needle. I stared it down. Oh, I stared it right in the eye. you looked at it? I did. I had to. <laughs> oh, yes. no. I didn't look at it. Listen, when he put it in, I, I was not looking. Okay. But I no. had to right. see it. Right. Uh, the needle. The needle is what I was talking about. <laughs> Not Steve. Not Steve the doctor. I'm on my break. <laughs> Stay on it. Stay on it. We can't end it any better than that. But I mean, that's on me. I'm sorry because it worked for me. No, it worked perfectly. I was great all weekend long. And then this morning, right. I went and took my morning constitutional shit. Mm-hmm. And when I got up, Pain was shooting down my leg. You shit your back out? Shitting with a bad back is a dangerous game. That's a dangerous game for sure. The most dangerous. Game. How was the heroin though? I mean, <laughs> not bad. <laughs>
Make sure you check out the Levitard Show with uh, Stugatz podcast, Levitard Show and Friends, Stupidity. Make sure you're checking out Stupidity. Yes. All the episodes there. And I don't know, support the Levitard gang. Stugatz, thank you so much for the time. And we'll talk to you when Cobra comes out. All right. Sounds good. What, what are we doing, Cobra? Like, I can't do it. Stallone month. Oh, man. Can I be on the entire month? Can I, what are we doing? Absolutely. Stallone month, 2022. Absolutely. Yes. Oh, my God. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you run this thing. <laughs> You're the Brad Wesley of this podcast. You can drive all over the street. I am in for a month of Stallone. You okay. own all the buildings in town, whatever you want, sir. There it is. Uh, how many episodes do we have to do? Four. <laughs> oh, that's a lot. So maybe half yeah. the month. <laughs> Next time we look up, introduce me a chair.